people, we are all the way up and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with your boys on the faction where we discuss the latest and greatest in that beautiful sport called professional wrestling. And I'm not by myself. No, 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 no. I have the valedictorian with me. GB, how are you, man? What's up, good brother? How are you, man? Man, listen, I'm all the way up. All I really am. All the way up. I believe it. Well, you've been traveling all over the place, so that makes sense. Listen, I, I, I was in uh, New York yesterday. I was in uh, Sayreville. Okay. But I flew into JFK, and I'd never seen Coney Island before. Okay, now so, that's fair. I don't. I've never been to Coney Island, so I so I got a chance to actually see Coney Island. Nice. Now, what threw me off about New York is that on the side of the interstate are these little pull-in places mm-hmm. where you can get like a coffee, and then you keep going, and you can get like a burger. Yeah, and that's just foreign to me. That's a foreign concept. Yeah, in in Jersey and in um, Maryland, they have those rest areas, particularly on the Jersey Turnpike. Where you can go, you can pull off. There's a rest area that they have, like full on, you know, places to eat. KFC, yeah. Burger King, and Nathan's, and all that type of stuff. And you can get gas. Yeah, we growing up in the Northeast when we would drive down to, you know, uh, DC or something like that. Those were some of our favorite places to stop for sure. Uh, another thing that threw me off was when we got to the gas station. There's a guy out there to pump gas for you. You don't even touch it. In Jersey, they only have full-service uh, pumps, particularly at those rest areas. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, that's a whole new thing, man. Like, it's – well, I mean, it's, it's new comparatively in other places. They've been doing that for a while. Well, it was good to be in Jersey. Shout out Game Changer Wrestling, Combat Zone Wrestling, Independent Wrestling Federation, Jersey All Pro Wrestling, National Wrestling Superstars, East Coast Professional Wrestling, and American Championship Entertainment, which are all wrestling federations coming out of the Jersey area, holding it down. Fellas, we see you. Absolutely. Totally, totally love that. So it sounds like you had a good week. I did, but listen to me. GB, I stepped into your world on Sunday. Okay. On Sunday, I broke out my extra large yoga mat. Ah. And I went to yoga on Sunday. I was the only guy in yoga. Yeah. And I see why you fell in love with it. I'm actually going back on Sunday. Isn't it probably good? The only guy. Dude, it was good. Yeah. What, what, I, was, I was shocked that one side of my body is stronger than the other. Yeah. And so all this balanced stuff and mm-hmm. control yes. and... Dude, I I was really into it. I mean, I'm I'm sold. I got to tell you, I was so surprised when I first went because, I mean, initially I went because it's DDP, of course. But then when you actually really start enjoying it and you're like, wow, I can do this and I feel great after, you know, it's amazing to see what the human body can do without weights, you know? Listen, the, the, the world is in all of a craze over the last few days. We've been posting our old people pictures yeah. on uh, on social media. Yeah. But if you really don't want to age, get into DDP yoga. Get For into real. some type of yoga Yeah. because I am really uh, – I'm amazed at how it can keep your body going. I mean, look look, look, look at Dustin. Yeah, exactly. At the, age 50, Dustin he's able me. to do amazing things. Oh, bro, he he moves so fluid in that ring. He's still yeah. so silky so smooth, man. Absolutely. But Jeez. a Chris Jericho, who they want to have back surgery on. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. 
If you're listening to the show, go back to the episode. We did interview Diamond Dallas Page, the founder and creator of DDP Yoga mm-hmm. here on the show. And you heard him talk a lot about DDP Yoga. Yeah. You know, the, the funny part about that interview when we did it was we were so intrigued by DDP and we wanted all these wrestling stories. And all he wanted to do was talk about DDP Yoga. And at, at, there were moments where we were like, okay. Yeah, we get it, DDP Yoga. Like, internally, yeah. we were doing that. Yeah. But now that we've experienced it, uh, yeah, it's it's. I see why he's been so gung-ho about it. So, certainly, if you can do DDP Yoga, you can sign up. You don't necessarily have to be here in Atlanta to be at the Performance Center. Though, if you are in the area, there's nothing like going to the Performance Center because anybody could be there. But bigger than that, you know, when you get to work out with a group, you know, it's almost, and here we go with our church reference, but it's almost like church, you know. Uh, part of the real allure to church and the allure to the performance center is working out with a group of people. You know, it's amazing the level of inspiration that you get by not being the only person in the room trying to get it done. And there are other people that are in there that either will fail or succeed and help you get there. So, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Uh, But, uh, you know, you you don't have to make a big thing out of this, GB, but... Jackson's mother just walked into the room, guys, and you know, you know, you guys know Jackson, future heavyweight champion of yes, the world. Yes. My godson, GB son, yes, Yanni just made an appearance. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's always special when we can have our wives make an appearance. Yeah. on the show and just show up. That's why we got to get video. Yeah, that's why we got to go video so that way they can. They're missing the things that. Now, what are you rocking today on your shirt? Well, today I'm representing New Japan. I've got my uh, New Japan logo shirt on, which is a fantastic thing, representing all that New Japan's going on. But let me tell you, because I got a cool thing happening here as well. For for the first time, I've got Jackson and Jordan both here. Really? Yes. I went to go get Jordan yesterday. Uh, she was with her godmother, oddly enough, in the home of uh, AEW, Jacksonville. And uh, we, we met midway in a place called Albany, Georgia. And uh, that definitely sounds like a random old school WCW town. Right. Um, and so, yeah, she's been here. We got here uh, last night. And, you know, of course, they're in love. And it's just a great, great thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a happy papa right now. Dude, I, I, I was wondering where the extra energy was coming from. Oh, yeah. But clearly is yeah. that in Albany, Georgia, home of Clash of the Champions, September 7, 1988. And you heard me talk about DDP, GB. Mm-hmm. Next week, it will be two years ago that we had DDP on the show. How episode 27 wow. of the faction when we were a young faction. We were a so- young faction. So you guys go back, check that out for sure. But listen. We've got some other great things happening. Of course, last week's show was pretty epic, to say the least, as they always are here uh, when we're on Bonnerfied Radio. So listen, all you have to do is go back to last week's show. Check it out. We talked about quite a few things. Uh, of course, we talked about the, the fallout from uh, the latest things going on with Slammiversary, uh, G1 Climax opening as well. Uh, we also talked about intergender matches. Should they be a thing in 2019? And, well, there may be follow-up to that today on the show. So go back, check it out. It's the latest episode of The Faction, available both at BonnerfiedRadio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. So, new week, new episode, no shortage of things to talk about. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. 
Welcome to episode 174 of The Faction right here on Bonnerfighter Radio. We'll definitely talk about AEW's fight for the fallen from the veil. Did you see it? What did you think? Also, the 10th anniversary of Evolve. Paul Heyman had something really spectacular to say about them. The G1 Climax update. Becky Lynch makes it on the cover of ESPN. We'll discuss WWE Extreme Rules, WWE Raw, and SmackDown, and maybe even give you our thoughts on the women's tag team titles. But before we do, you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. It's me, DDP, the king of Bonafide, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang! Shock the system.
the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. GB, give us the news. All right. So, really, you have to go back to WrestleMania week to find a week slash weekend that was filled with more wrestling. I promise you, it felt like WrestleMania weekend with all of the events that were going on, but there was no WrestleMania to be found. In fact, WWE only had one of all the events that were going on. Um, And so the weekend kicked off with Fight for the Fallen from All Elite Wrestling, their third official event as All Elite Wrestling. It took place at the Daly's Place Amphitheater in the home of All Elite Wrestling Jacksonville, uh, Florida. And the crazy part, it's two things that are crazy. Number one, it's the first wrestling event I can remember held in an amphitheater. Yeah. When they first announced it, I wasn't a fan. But when I saw it, I said, this looks amazing. Well, and that was going to be the interesting challenge. I was going to wait to get to that, but we're there. One of the challenges was what would the setup for this be like? Now, for me, I feel like the setup was great for TV. I'm not sure how I felt, how I would have felt if I was there in the arena. Um, and that's, to me, wouldn't it be the same thing as being at a, 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 a not not guys don't go nuts because I'm gonna say this, but being in the nosebleed section of a mania maybe? Uh well, here's the thing, right? Like, if you'll notice, they didn't have a lot of ringside seats for one. Um, for two, the thing about being at like a mania, for instance, is nosebleeds aren't the majority of the seats. So a lot of the seats were far away from the actual in-ring activity, which meant you had to watch the screen, you know. Um, And for a spot, like, I can live with that if there's 50,000, 60,000 people there. There's 8,000? So I don't know. Now, that's to each his own, right? Like, Right. We could argue over it. Certainly, it went over well on TV. It looked great on TV. I think they did a great job of maximizing the production space. But then again, we got to look at the actual card itself and see what we thought about it. So let's do that. Uh, it certainly started with uh, what is now their new tradition, uh, the buy-in, which is all sorts of fun. Start, it saw Sonny Kiss see his first action since... Um, Double or nothing. Yeah, the Battle Royal. Sonny Kiss defeated the librarian Peter Avalon. Also, then we saw the debut of B. Priestley, who, for those who don't know, is the girlfriend slash fiance of Will Ospreay. Her and Shoka Nakajima defeated Dr. Britt Baker and Riho in a great tag team match. Then we get to the actual card, and we saw MJF. And Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears defeat Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela. Brandi Rhodes saw her official first match in AEW as she defeated Allie. Then the Dark Order defeated Angelico and Jack Evans and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in a triple threat tag team match. Hangman Adam Page defeated Kip Sabian. Then, in a great tag team match, we saw uh, SoCal Uncensored versus uh, the Lucha Brothers. The Lucha Brothers won that match. And then the Lucha Brothers set up, get this, a big match 
uh, to take on the Young Bucks in a ladder match uh-huh. at All Out. Should be absolutely crazy. Then Kenny Omega, in a first-time-ever match, defeated Sema. Chris Jericho addresses Jacksonville, Florida. And then the Young Bucks defeat Cody and Dustin Rhodes in a fantastic tag team match. So, guys, uh, what, what are your thoughts on All Elite's next event? It's their third event, Fight for the Fallen. Listen, Kong on Kong violence. There was that. Yes. Kong on Kong violence. Mm -hmm. I will be first to say I can go the rest of my life and never see Brandy Rhodes wrestle a match. Yeah. And I'd be okay. Yeah. I think mother has heart, but mother ain't got skills. Mm -hmm. When mother takes them, them bumps, yeah. she looks like she's saying, okay, what's my next thing? Mm -hmm. It's like she's thinking on to the next as opposed to being moment to moment. Yeah. But when Kong on Kong stepped in the ring and someone hit the gong, mm -hmm. nothing went wrong yeah. because this is the song that we've been waiting for all along. <laughs> Do you understand that this is going to be a violent match? Yes. This is going to be a match like we've not seen before from women by a major federation. Mm -hmm. They could bleed, GB. Well, I believe Asia will bleed. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, among all of the wrestling that took place this weekend, one of the things that I was really struck by from watching F Fight for the Fallen and when we get into Evolve, uh, watching that is the women went really hard. Yeah, You know, quite frankly, let me just start by saying this. The pre-show match for the women was far better than the match that featured the women on the main show. That's the right. first thing. Um, because B. Priestley, for those who aren't familiar, I remember watching B. Priestley uh, with Defiant um, over in England and all the things that she was doing there. These women fight so well, and I, you'll get what I'm saying when I say it, that you forget that they're women. Yep. You get lost in the fact it's, that this is a fight. It's the same way we felt about us, Charlotte and Sasha's matches. Yeah. Like, th there was a moment where we were no longer using the, the word women. We were just calling them wrestlers. Right. I I'm going to make a, a really bold statement, and it's too bad Clack isn't here to attempt to refute it, but since he doesn't watch anything but WWE, he couldn't possibly. Um, uh. I do remember, I remember being at a live Ring of Honor show. Uh -huh. And they were debuting uh, and showcasing their women of honor. Matter of fact, uh, Yanni was with me. And Yanni looked at the women in that ring and she said, um, they're out of shape. Uh -huh. uh, they don't move well in the ring. They're dangerous. Uh, the WWE women are better. Are better. Uh -huh. um, for a long time, I felt as though WWE during this women's evolution slash revolution did a great job of presenting women in their matches. NXT still led the, 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 the pack in terms of that. I right. think the NXT women's division finally has real competition with these women in All Elite and with what we're seeing even with the women in Evolve, and I'll talk about that in a second. But B. Priestley, Shoko Nakajima... Rip Baker, Riho, uh, the, the women's division in All Elite is really something special. 
It's got yeah. a mixture of a lot of great styles that we like, styles that we don't often see uh, on a mainstream platform from women. And I think, you know, much like uh, the secret weapon for WCW was their cruiserweight division, I yeah. think the secret weapon for All Elite is going to be their women's division. I think so, too. And, and I actually expected it to be their tag team division. I which their too. tag team division is not a slouch. Right. It, it's really not, not, not a slouch, their tag team division. Because if you look at what happened this weekend, not only was Kong on Kong great, but it really felt good to finally see. I think they call the Dark Order. Yes. Time to get over a little bit because yes. they just I, I didn't know what to make of them at first. Right. I kept thinking Pulp Fiction. I didn't really know what to do with it. Right. But but seeing the women get over and now and let, let me say this. I took a dig at Brandy as far as Brandy's ability to communicate well in the ring. Mm -hmm. But you know what I did see from Brandy? Heart. Yeah. Brandy realized I did see on her an urgency of the moment that they're building something. Yeah. You know, I just think the quicker we can get her out the ring, the yeah. better. I, I I think so. So first of all, usually I'm not very critical of AEW, though I do try to be fair and balanced and impartial in my reporting. And one of the things that I have to say about AEW um, is they have to be careful that they don't run the same risks that other wrestler-owned promotions have run, a.k.a. the AWA, a.k.a. Mid-South, a.k.a. World Class, when you primarily promote and premiere your owners or your high-level executives who are wrestlers. Um, so I think people don't have a huge issue with the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks can prove it in the ring. Kenny can yeah. prove it in the ring. Cody, but, but, but they aren't as over as we thought. I, the Bucks and Kenny aren't as over as I thought they'd be. Well, here's here's part of the thing, and this is this is what I don't think they anticipated. You know, the wrestling fan is smart these days, and it's not um, the the wrestling fan wants to see the better wrestler get over, and will have a hard time with. A wrestler getting over just because they're an executive vice president. Um, which to me is why it was important for Cody Rhodes to have that draw that he had against uh, Darby Allen a couple of weeks ago at Fight for the or at Fighter Fest. It was important, uh, although I would have loved to see Cody and Dustin beat the Young Bucks. Uh, it was Im important to see Cody get his shoulders pinned to the mat. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I think it was Dustin it, who got his shoulders mm, going to the match. Well, well th that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Out of four matches, Cody has won one. He's won, well, four. What's the fourth one? Because he beat Dustin. We, we have Dustin. Mm -hmm. We have the, Dar uh, the Bucks. We, we have the Allen uh, match. And uh, did he fight Sean Spears? No, he hasn't fought Sean Spears yet. Okay. Sean Spears just left him laying after the Darby Allen match. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. So you got one, one, and one, which is fair. You know, you take a, a Kenny Omega who actually won his first AEW match this past weekend. You know, that's kind of cool. Uh, the Young Bucks, you know, so, so I just think, I, I think they just want to be careful 
not to put this in a scenario where they rule the world, which is why I'm glad that none of them are going to be involved in the AEW World Championship match. I think that's important. Yes. I think that's a huge deal. Major thing that I'm excited about. Yeah. Let me also shout them out because the whole purpose of Fight for the Fallen was to be able to raise funds for gun violence victims uh, that we've seen there in Jacksonville. And they presented a check for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the cause, which I think is an incredible, incredible move. Congratulations, Major. all elite. And, yeah. And, and while we're talking about the charitable contributions, that stuff goes really far in the mind of wrestling, of yes. wrestling. You know, wrestling fans are no longer people who sit in bars and drink all night. Right. They're actually people that have a conscious and very aware of what's happening in the world today. Yes. Uh, I will give AEW one, uh, two more shout outs. Uh, one I'm going to take and then actually take right back. AEW's production has gotten better. Yes. It's gotten better from the standpoint of the camera work, the mm -hmm. quality of the production, uh, the wrestlers being aware of where the cameras are, their ability to switch cams in the middle of a move, especially when someone sticks the landing. Yeah. Uh, that's been great. They still have to work on the run of their show. Mm -hmm. There were some timing issues. Yes. Uh, the music had to start playing doing the Bucks because they were running out of time. Right. There are some severe things that if they don't get right, it's going to cost them a lot of money once they go on TV or it'll be one of the things where the network moves on to the next thing mm -hmm. because they've run out of time. Yeah. So somewhere, and I believe Jim Ross is probably heading up this idea, they have to get that under control. Yes. Yes. That I, I totally the, agree. The other thing that I'll give them credit for is now they're developing great storylines that we can follow. Yes. So now... I'm, I'm moving from intrigue of the wrestler to following along and starting to make my own internal decisions about how I feel about a wrestler. Yes. And and to their credit, you know, it's very hard to start a wrestling promotion from scratch. They In 2019. In 2019, absolutely. They masterfully used social, social media. They masterfully yeah. used YouTube and all of the, the being the elite series and, you know, Road to Fight for the Fallen, Road to Fighter Fest, and their, you know, their press conferences, et cetera, et cetera. Which, to, to something we were talking about before the show started, um, this being their third show, with another big pay-per-view coming next month, I think it's necessary because since they don't have the benefit of weekly TV yet, they need something to keep people interested, something to keep people following. And it's yep. brilliant that they did those two pay-per-views for free. It yep. was brilliant. It's, brilliant. It's, it's, it's highly, highly, highly brilliant. Yeah. I was talking to somebody on my trip uh, who found out they were a wrestling fan. And them saying being being able to watch it on Bleacher Report has been tremendous. Yes, yes, and I and I'll tell you this: they are they are giving you a scenario. I hate to use this analogy, but you'll get it. Much like uh, a drug dealer, you get yeah. the, you get the first hit for free, and the first hit yeah. is so good that you'll do whatever you have to do to get the second one. So they charged you know fifty dollars for the first pay per view. They've given you the last two for free. And they were top-notch, high-quality pay-per-views. So when we get to All Out next month, you better believe people are going to be willing to shell out the amount of money because you don't want to miss it. There's always a moment that All Elite gives us. It's, uh, and it's one more, brilliant. Well yeah, done. One more shout-out to All Elite. Shout-out to Jim Ross, 
who, man. Yeah, yeah getting his mojo back, his man. His mojo is back. His speed is there. His cadence is there. His tone is there. His excitement is there. This is the Jim Ross that made the calls that we'll never, ever forget. And for the and for them again for that to get worked out before they do weekly TV, boy, they're gonna come out the gate and, strong in October. And let me tell you, WWE is missing it because there were a lot of moments that I really liked at Extreme Rules that would have been better with Ross uh, calling it. I told Michael agree. Cole does not. And WWE, if you're listening, the, the fact that Mauro Ronaldo is not calling these pay per views is a travesty, a shame. Yeah. They they are missing out significantly, uh, and they, 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 even if they, they invested so many great moments in Extreme Rules, yeah, that they just that they were missed because of poor commentary. Well, and and we will get there. I will say this: I do know that one of the reasons that Morrow is on NXT television is because that schedule is more conducive uh, to where he is and his battles with mental illness. My thought, though, is this. You don't need Moro on W. I mean, you need Moro on weekly TV, but to make the pay per view feel special, bring Moro in for the pay per view. Yeah, you know, man. That thing, it would change the game and it would make the pay per view more serious. But we'll get to WWE in a second. I want to take some time to quickly talk about WWE's counterpunch to All Elite Wrestling's Fight for the Fallen. They had a unique counterpunch, which for everybody who wanted to say it's not a war between WWE and AEW, explain this one, Charlie. That is the fact that WWE decides to make history, and for the first time ever, a non-WWE event streams live on the WWE Network. Oh, by the way, at the same time as Fight for the Fallen, that was Evolve's 10th anniversary show. Which is pretty amazing, to say the least, uh, that you get a promotion, a full-on indie promotion like Evolve that ends up on the WWE Network. So here's what went down. First of all, it went down from the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which happens to be the building that ECW was created in and held all of its big major shows. Here's a look at some of that card. You had uh, Josh Briggs pin Anthony Green. Then you had Stephen Wolf win a fatal four-way match over Sean Maluda, Kurt Stallion, and Harlem Bravado. Arturo Ruas defeated Anthony Henry. Then Brandy Lauren pinned Shotzi Blackheart in what was really a hard-hitting match that saw violence like we haven't seen with women in quite some time. Babatunde pinned Colby Carino, and that name may sound familiar uh, because he's the son of Steve Carino. A.R. Fox and Leon Ruff defeated Eddie Kingston and Joe Gacy to win the Evolve Tag Team Championships. In a very intriguing match, Matt Riddle pinned the WWE Cruiserweight Champion Drew Gulak. And then, in a match that really was amazing, Austin Theory defeats J.D. Drake to unify the Evolve and WWN titles. There's a little factoid in there that I'll share a little bit later when we talk about the recap. Uh, and then the main event saw NXT champion Adam Cole defeat Akira Tozawa to retain his championship. Did you get a chance to watch the 10th anniversary celebration of Evolve? And if so, what would you think? I watched the highlights. And I'm going to tell you what made me watch the highlights was none other than Shotzi Blackheart. Yes. When I saw that dive into the chair. Where oh, she, my she, God. I want to say, where she killed herself and came back to life. Right. 
Right. She died, GB. She really did. She really did. I thought to myself, please don't do another suicide dive. Yeah. Ever. Like that that cringed me. Mm-hmm. That you know what that did? That looked in the face of Impact Wrestling and Tessa Blanchard and said, This is how you do it. Well, it's if it's, you're gonna do it, this is how you do funny. it. It's funny. I felt like the entire wrestling world stared at the face of Impact Wrestling this weekend, and we'll get into that in, in a little bit. But yes, I agree. And, and so that so he I have to say this about from, from AEW to Impact. And then this kind of even goes over into extreme. I can't think of the last time I saw a wrestling weekend that had such high quality yes. wrestling. Yes. Great yes. in-ring stories. Yes. I mean, you can go to the final match of the night. I mean, you have your boy uh, 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 Adam Cole versus mm-hmm. Akira Tozawa. Mm-hmm. Great match right there. Yeah. Then you go to the match right before that. You have Austin Theory versus J.D. Drake. That match was no slouch. They oh, could have sent it home with that one. Yeah, they really could have. Then you got Heyman coming out, co-signing. Yeah, yeah. You know, Paul Heyman, and again, we talk about moments. The lights went out when they said that there was a special guest uh, announcer. It was some random guy. The lights go out, and the lights come back up, and Paul Heyman is in the middle of the ring. And let's be clear, it's the first time Paul Heyman has been back to the ECW arena. It's a moment Paul Heyman is literally crying in the ring. It is an incredible moment that, and, and while there are chants of ECW, you know, it, it's just it, it, it's a moment, and I think that's one of the things that professional wrestling is all about. For people who get upset with us as super fans, why this, why that? We live for moments, and so the average wrestling fan didn't understand what happened. But for Paul Heyman, the the head man with all the stroke at Monday Night Raw to be back in the arena he created to be able to co-sign what's happening with Evolve Wrestling and to serve as, get this, a ring announcer. A ring announcer. When's the last time we saw Paul Heyman do that? Right. And he did that in such a convincing and powerful way to co-sign both Austin Theory and J.D. Drake. And I'll tell you, having been at an Evolve show before, Austin Theory is the real deal. He is an absolute future superstar. I would go so far as to say if he stays clear of injury, we could be looking at a future WWE champion. This guy's the real deal. He's everything WWE looks for. So I will say this, Evolve, man, they really hit it out the park. They took full advantage of being on a larger platform like the WWE Network. Yep. And uh, what I what I enjoyed is they were fully evolved, and yet they had enough stuff that would appeal to the WWE fan. A lot of yeah. WWE uh, fans did not know how many uh, current WWE and NXT superstars made their way through Evolve. So it was really cool to see uh, that tie-in, how those things worked. Again, shout out to Gabe Sapolsky, who of course has established a great working relationship with NXT and Triple H that allows this type of cross-pollination with talent. Um, what a great time to be alive. What a great time to be a pro wrestling fan. Like seriously, for everybody who waited till WrestleMania, this was the weekend for real wrestling fans. Yeah. And uh, oh my God, it was just so good. So shout out. I, yeah, go ahead. I always talk production i'm so grateful that wrestling companies have 
figured out how to shoot well in smaller venues. Yes. And still get the concept and the message across. Yes. That made this weekend really special. Yeah. Yeah, it was really great. Now, I got to say this. It was very interesting to see the Evolve product on the WWE Network. Uh, You can certainly tell because of the way WWE shoots that uh, Evolve was a different product. But I also think that they lit up the 2300 arena with far more lights and far more cameras than that arena is accustomed to. And, oh, by far. You know, and it, and it showed on the network, which was really, really cool. So <laughs> shout out to everybody involved in that. And I hope, to be perfectly honest with you, to see more Evolve on the WWE Network. It just yeah. makes sense. I hope Vince did not do this as a one-off to combat All Elite and we'll never see Evolve oh, on there he again. I, I know. Well, here's the cool thing. If you guys didn't get a chance to see it, it is available on demand on the WWE Network. Go back, check it out. I guarantee you, you're going to run across some future superstars that you may see at some point in All Elite, in NXT, or in WWE. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we still have to talk about uh, the latest updates with the G1 Climax. Uh, we'll get you up to date with the standings on that. We're going to talk about WWE Extreme Rules as well. I don't know that people thought that this pay-per-view would do what it did, but we're going to talk about that and more. One of the highlights from there, and I won't give it all away, will be featured by this next song, which is the theme song for the new WWE Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. It's his theme song coming from Shadows of the Sun. They call it Shadows of a Setting Sun. This is The Faction, powered by Bonnerfide Radio. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the mount, the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonafide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby.
Announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, look everyone, Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Is in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live listen. right now on your phone. Why, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen! Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. 
This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was Shadows of a Setting Sun, Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song. GB, part two of the news. Oh, man, oh, man. We told you it was a huge weekend in pro wrestling. If it were just All Elite versus Evolve, that would have been great. But wait a minute. There's more. And that is New Japan Pro Wrestling, of course, the biggest tournament of the summer, and you could argue the biggest tournament uh, yearly for pro wrestling, the G1 Climax. Of course, the G1 Climax kicked off on July the 6th in Dallas, Texas at the American Airlines Center. It picked up again with the B Block this past Saturday. In fact, they had three consecutive nights, um, two of them in Tokyo and one in Hokkaido. Uh, the B Block was on display Saturday, July the 13th. I'm going to give you some quick results there. Hiroki Goto defeated Jay White. Tomohoro Ishii defeated Jeff Cobb. I know you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you, but Toro Yano defeated Tetsuya Naito. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And by pinfall. Okay. So, John Moxley defeated Tai Chi, and Juice Robinson defeated Shingo Tagaki, and that's actually a really big deal as well. The A Block picked up on Sunday in Tokyo as well. Kenta, get this, Kenta defeats Hiroshi Tanahashi. Think about that one. Evil defeats Kota Ibushi. Kazuchika Okada defeats Zack Sabre Jr. Will Ospreay defeats Sonata, and Lance Archer defeats Bad Luck Fale. And then Monday, Tai Chi defeated Tetsuya Naito. Tomohoro Ishii defeated Jay White. John Moxley defeats Jeff Cobb. Juice Robinson defeats Hiroki Goto. And Shingo Tagaki defeats Toru Yano. So here's what that means in terms of the standings. Leading the A block with four points, it's Kazuchika Okada, Kenta, and Lance Archer. Leading the B block with four points, it's Tomohoro Ishii, John Moxley, and Juice Robinson. Kind of the surprise moments right now, Zack Sabre Jr., Kota Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jeff Cobb, Tetsuya Naito, and former IWGP heavyweight champion Jay White are all sitting with zero points right now. No wins in the G1 Climax. Now, the G1 Climax resumes Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week with some pretty significant matches, including uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Zack Sabre Jr., Kota Ibushi against Will Ospreay. You've got, uh, this is, I'm, I can't believe this is going to happen, Tomohoro Ishii against John Moxley on Friday, and then on Saturday, you've got Kazuchika Okada against Will Ospreay. You've got Kenta versus Evil and Kota Ibushi versus Sonata. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in these coming days as uh, we certainly have a couple of front runners right now in both the A and B blocks? When Kenta kicks somebody, 
Do you think he sees Vince McMahon's face? He might. He might. Kenta has kicked the living tarnations yeah. out of people this entire tournament. He has. And the way he laid the boots down to Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm believing in Kenta. I think that he has the juice. I believe he has the mojo. And I think he has something to prove. You know, He is fighting with vengeance. He is. I mean, think about this. Uh, Kenta has spent the last five years in America, uh, in, in NXT and in WWE. He was ravaged with injuries. He never became a champion. He was one of the most sought-after uh, Japanese free agents. Um, so when they signed him, it was a super big deal. But he came over at the same time as Finn Balor. He came over uh, with a Shinsuke. He came over with a Samoa Joe. And he got lost in the shuffle. And I think this G1 Climax, for him, ironically, and for John Moxley, it's their proving ground. It's their chance to say, here's who we always were that WWE did not allow us to be. And we're going to show you how great we are by potentially winning the G1 Climax. Yeah, and shout out Lance Archer. Lance, yeah, he's having a great <laughs> I mean, tournament. Listen, we, I've dogged Lance Archer on this show before. Mm-hmm. I really have, but I got to shout out Lance Archer, man. Keep going. I, hey, I'm supporting you, Lance. Absolutely, absolutely. So the G1 Climax doing some big things. Again, three consecutive nights of action kicking off this Thursday night. Uh, it should be absolutely amazing, and you can check out all of the action, of course, on NJPW World, and then the Saturday show, uh, which is coming from Cork and Hall. You can, as a matter of fact, all three nights are coming from Cork and Hall. But Saturday's show, you'll also be able to check out on Access TV, where they'll have that A Block action, uh, which includes Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Lance Archer. With that said, we're gonna come across the pond. Yeah, all of that was like Saturday and Sunday and the like. Sunday, of course, we had WWE Extreme Rules, which was also in Philadelphia. It took place at the Wells Fargo Center. And uh, get this. I'm still having a hard time saying this, but it happened. uh, That this was on the pre-show. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Finn Balor on the pre-show. Ridiculous. On a pre-show. On a pre-show. Who booked that? Anyway, Shinsuke Nakamura is back. He is the new Intercontinental Champion and only one of a handful of people to hold both the WWE and the IWGP Intercontinental Championships. In fact, Shinsuke Nakamura is arguably the most famous and most popular IWGP Intercontinental Champion. The WWE Cruiserweight Champion Drew Gulak successfully defended against Tony Nese. Then on the pay-per-view, The Undertaker and Roman Reigns defeated Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Raw Tag Team Champions The Revival defeated The Usos. Aleister Black defeats Cesaro. And if Meltzer didn't give this five stars, we know that Meltzer is absolutely (laughs) biased against Uh, WWE. It wasn't in the Tokyo... Well, and that's probably, if he didn't give it five stars, that's probably why. Uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey defeated Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a handicap match. Braun Strowman defeated Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. The New Day defeated Daniel Bryan and Rowan in heavy machinery to become the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. AJ Styles defeats Ricochet. 
to become the new United States champion. Kevin Owens defeats Dolph Ziggler in under a minute, as they so honestly and aptly stated. WWE champion Kofi Kingston defeats Samoa Joe. And in the main event, the Universal Champion Seth Rollins and the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch defeat Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. And then the Brock Party started as Brock Lesnar cashed in to defeat Rollins to become the new Universal Champion. All right, let's have the conversation about Extreme Rules. What do you think? Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman coming out saying, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. it just, it takes the place up. It is the the, the symbols only doing a shout bump. It yeah. is yeah. when somebody <laughs> says, who rocks the party? I rock the party. Whose house runs house? It, it takes the place to it. He is the Dougie Fresh of wrestling. Wow. When he touches the mic, when he came out, we all sat and said, please, just not Kofi. Please, mm-hmm. not just don't do it on Kofi. Yeah. And Kofi survived. And all of us thought, poor Seth Rollins. Right. And the man came out and laid him out. GB, this was a very solid night of wrestling for WWE. Yeah. All the way through and through. Yeah. Now, like you, for the life of me, I cannot understand how in 2019... In the year of our Lord, you have Shinsuke and Finn Balor on a pre-show. When I tuned in early, which I never normally watch the pre-show, and I saw that, I said, what in the world are we doing? Right. But I'll give you this. There were some great matches. Whoever thought that Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley could put on that type of a quality match? It was really good. What made me laugh was when wrestlers normally go into the crowd and fight up the ramp. There's a ton of security. Yeah. Them brothers ain't need no security. There wasn't a security guard in sight. Nope. Great match. Aleister Black and Cesaro. Good Lord. Great match. Good Lord. Uh, I'm still trying to understand for the life of me why Nikki Cross is talking. Next thing I'll say <laughs> is I, 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 I just don't understand it. Shout out to the New Day on winning the belts again. The Usos and Revival were good, but the match could have been better. When you have... I, it, the, the big guy from Heavy Machinery, I like him. Yeah. I mean, he's slow on his feet, but he's entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Usos and Revival deserve a match one-on-one, which could have been better. Of course, AJ and Ricochet can go all day. But GB, I struggled with Kofi and Samoa Joe. They couldn't find chemistry to save their lives. I just looked at that match and thought, this is very clunky. Hmm. So I wonder to myself, I wonder if they worked house shows together because I never felt like they could get into a rhythm. And these are two quality. I love Joe. Yeah. Joe's a worker of worker. Now, I think Joe's put on a little more weight than he needs to. And Joe isn't moving as fluid in the ring as he could. Mm -hmm. So I think Joe should really rediscover cardio and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Kofi. Listen. We all want Kofi to be the champion. I love it. But Kofi has to go to the next level of of wowing. He has to go to the next level of pizzazz to me. Well, okay. So, boy, you've hit a lot of things that I want to make sure we kind of go back over. Um, let's, Let's go back to Shinsuke Nakamura for a second. 
because one of the things that we've not talked about here on this show is the rebirth of Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura last Tuesday night, out of the blue, in this new uh, Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff era, finds himself in a match against Finn Balor on free TV in a non-title Intercontinental Championship match. And a couple of things. Number one, this is a match that headlined uh, an NXT program. In fact, it's the first time and only time that NXT had a full show that was just one match. And it was Shinsuke versus Finn Balor. The present versus the future. The handing of the torch for NXT from Finn to Shinsuke. You're talking to Japanese legends. A match that could honestly headline WrestleMania. We get it on free TV on SmackDown. And Shinsuke wins over a white hot Finn Balor. Yeah. The rebirth of Shinsuke Nakamura is not to be overlooked. He's finally been taken out of an, a, a horrible tag team with Rusev, who is invisible these days. And Shinsuke has been allowed to become the king of strong style again. This is what excited us about Shinsuke and NXT. This is what excited us about Shinsuke coming from New Japan. Him versus Finn Balor, give it to me all day long and twice on Sunday. Every day except on a pre-show. Yep. With that said, let's talk about The Undertaker for a second. The Undertaker was on a mission, and that mission wasn't to defeat Shane McMahon. The mission wasn't to defeat Drew McIntyre, and the mission wasn't even at the very end to kind of give the, the rub, dare I say, to Roman Reigns. The mission was to make us forget Saudi Arabia and that abysmal <laughs> match with Bill Goldberg. And I will say he and, did a great and job. Taker, Taker came out looking smaller. He did. Moving quicker. He did. Had a few more muscles. Them first, that, that first minute he was in the ring, I said, brother got something to prove. Listen, Taker came out like he was 2008 Taker. Yeah, and he was man. like, listen, I'm about to show y'all. And so Dude. to me, for Taker to go through a table, then get the coast to coast and sit up like old Taker. Oh, yeah. But here was the great move. The great moment which said, you're not going to Goldberg me, was when Shane McMahon, he went to pick up Shane for the tombstone, and Shane Whoa. didn't get up. He put and he Shane said, down, oh, no. and he shook that finger. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. You're going to get up here, and you're going to take this tombstone. That and, was my moment right there. Yeah. That was my moment. Yeah. That was a they, telling they moment. They could have dropped confetti right there. <laughs> right. It was like, Taker is back. So shout out to hey, the Undertaker. TV? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does it say anything about Shane McMahon that within four days of each other, he's botched two major moments in the, the ring, one with Taker, the other with Kevin Owens, and because they're he real did. wrestlers, said, "Get up." He did. He did. He did. I, you know, a lot. I, I, because watching that Kevin Owens moment last night, I just went, Ugh. It, that, uh huh. Yeah. Uh, assert you're, you're you're not one of us. Yeah. Your timing is sloppy these days. And here's the thing: it further proves the Kevin Owens point that Shane McMahon does not belong on TV. And I'll say this: uh, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't intentionally botch those moments. Um, but it's time for Shane McMahon to get out of a WWE ring. 
Shane McMahon is the reminder of... Oh, yeah. So here's Shane McMahon. Let me explain Shane McMahon to you. My grandmother, when I was young, her claim to fame was making the lemon meringue pie. And that lemon meringue pie was off the chain. But grandma only made the lemon meringue pie once or twice a year because she wanted it to be special for us. And if she made it every day, it wouldn't be that special lemon meringue pie. Shane McMahon is lemon meringue pie that only needs to be seen once or twice a year in a ring doing his thing. Think about this. We have seen Shane McMahon consistently on our TV as a wrestler since November of last year. Yeah. Where he won as the best in the world. He's been a tag team champion. He's been on every pay-per-view. Oh, I can't even say it like I feel like it. Ooh, I wish this was somewhere else. Shane McMahon, why do we need you on WWE television as a wrestler as if we don't have enough wrestlers in WWE if you don't get yourself off of this TV because his father still feels like if a McMahon is not at the helm it's not going to be a good service I mean oh I'm sorry not service uh, a good a good show <laughs> He, you know, he better get it through his head quickly or else what's going to end up happening one of these days is Shane's going to botch the wrong thing. And he's going to get hurt. Well, he, listen, I, I, I think Taker would have given him a receipt oh, had he yes. messed this up. Oh, on, on a, no. Taker was not going to be on a second pay-per-view to get messed up like that. No way, no how, uh -oh. no chance. So, not at all. Shout out to Taker. I can't say enough about Aleister Black versus Cesaro. I, I I can't say enough about it. The match was absolutely incredible. Um, and again, here's Aleister Black, who we've not seen on our televisions post-WrestleMania. Um, and after this brand split. And Cesaro, who's, you know, fresh out of his team with uh, Sheamus as part of the bar. These two, you know, this just reminds me of why we don't need Shane McMahon on our television. Yep. You got Alistair. Matter of fact, this entire card was filled with amazing matches. Yep. It's, by far. I mean, like, for real. Shane McMahon added nothing to this card. Um, this actually was 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 uh was one of one of the better pay-per-views from beginning to end mm -hmm. uh that, that we've seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. WWE delivered, and for everybody who's been mad about their product, their product has definitely made a, a seismic shift, and, and this was great. Let me say this. The, one of the only tensions that I have, WWE, is that your pay-per-views last too long. I was weary by the time we got to Seth Rollins. If you guys can scale it back to three hours, that would be great. Well, it's interesting, too, because they have been doing a good job of getting back to three hours. I don't know why this one ended up being four um, they usually save that for uh, one of the big ones like SummerSlam, which I'm nervous about now. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know, so so with that, a couple of other quick things. Um, great to see AJ Styles as U.S. champion. Oh, so, so th to this point, Ricochet can't defend a championship successfully, which says to uh, me that because Ricochet uh, won the North American Championship and then lost it immediately after that, 
Um, he can't defend a championship, which says that Ricochet right now is great for spots, but you don't see him as a champion. And I'll say this, to that end, I am a fan of Ricochet in the ring. I am not a fan of Ricochet on the mic. Um, matter of fact, I cringe every time he gets a mic. So He's not good on the mic. He's not good on the mic, which means that either you get him a talker or you put him in promo class and don't let him out until he gets it right. Let him go through whatever the Usos went through. And when the Usos Ooh. came back, the Usos were untouchable on the mic. Listen, whatever they did Good Lord. was absolutely amazing. Oh, they have never looked back. Uh, and speaking of that, what a, what a time to be a wrestling fan. It has never happened in the history of the WWE where your WWE champion and your tag team champions were African Americans and part of the same stable at that. Um, and we have a 24-7 champion that's African American. Be, be, between, between WWE Evolve and Impact Wrestling, we have seen some great African American performance and wrestlers over the last two weeks. Well, and let's not skip out on NXT, who NXT... And NXT, yes. The Velveteen Dream is the North American champion. The Street Profits are the tag team champions. You know, I know there was a time that many talked about a lack of diversity in pro wrestling. Diversity oh, no. in pro wrestling is as great as it's ever been. Yeah. We have and, more... And, and, yeah, go ahead. And we're, we're, we're out of the serial. We're not talking about hard-head men and all right. those things. We're if, talking if, about... If, Charismatic, athletic. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember. If I saw any brothers in the ring at AEW though. So AEW, uh, AEW, AEW. We, 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 we're gonna need you to walk, step it up, fam. AEW's brother count is kind of low right now. Up. Right now, the only brother I can think off the top of my head is Sonny Kiss. Right. Um, so step it up, AEW. Yeah, and they're putting more emphasis on other attributes of him than him being a brother. Yeah, so, so yeah. We, we, we need y'all to give us something. Yeah, great point, great point. Shout out, as you mentioned, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. I did not think that they would keep my attention the way that they did, um, which was incredible. And uh, before we get into Brock Lesnar being champion, Samoa Joe. Uh Samoa Joe is about to be the answer to a trivia question. Yep. Because Samoa Joe has had more title shots and has lost more title matches. I can't even be yep. intimidated by Samoa Joe anymore. No, it, it means nothing. You know, I really felt like Sunday night was his best chance to become WWE champion. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, he had somebody he could dominate, um, you know, and the possibility that we'd have the new day with all the gold i didn't think they'd actually do it but yeah so samoa joe he needs to go somewhere and find his mojo or just pack it in and, and go to AEW or something or go to do listen man samoa joe tna 2000s was unstoppable unstoppable I mean, this guy was defeating Sting, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, Abyss Raven, Brother Run, everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was going. He was putting everyone to sleep. Yeah. 
2006-2007, his feud with Kurt Angle. Oh. Samoa Joe was unstoppable. Oh, my Lord. You'd go back and look at Impact, him defeating Jay Lethal and Chris Saban. Yes. Victory Road, Samoa Joe and Angle mm -hmm. defeated Team 3D. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joe was the man. He even had a few with Kevin Nash and the TNA management. Mm -hmm. Joe was everything. Yeah. Where are you, Joe? Where are you, Joe? Somebody go find Samoa Joe. And so let's ask this question before we go to break. Brock Lesnar cashes in the money in the bank to win the Universal Championship. What do you think about that? Best for business. Best for business. Long as Brock keeps walking down to that ring, Holding that thing up to his ear, talking about that as a Brock party. I like it. Now, we saw him on wrestling now. We all are going to have the, 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 the same tension. Now, in a perfect world, Brock would have came down with Ronda Rousey and they would have beat up Seth Rollins and Becky oh. Lynch. Exactly. Ooh. That's what I, I said. What if Brock comes down with Ronda and is the UFC versus the Ooh. WWE? And then... They go to SummerSlam, and there's two belts on the line at the same time. Oh, that would have been special. That, that would have been really special. And, and shout out to or WWE's shout out to Impact Wrestling by having uh, Becky Lynch take a big move from Baron Corbin. Hey, that was actually all right. Like, it, it, it shocked us. It did shock us. I, I said, that's not going to happen. And it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shocking. And, and then, shout out Seth. Because after that, he went nuts. Oh, man. It was the right reaction. Now, I'll so say the this. Only, Look ahead. They could get away with it because it was redemptive. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there was a, redeem, a, a, a redemption there where he broke the kendo stick and then he went to the chair. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to be in, in all honesty, if you were ever going to give a chair shot to the head in 2019, that was your moment. That was the moment. That was the moment. That was the moment. I, um, You know, what I hope is that this gives Becky a chance to go back and be Becky again um, and not focus on their relationship uh because i just think that again i felt like becky has lost some sauce and some steam and oh, so is Seth. you know becky's got to get back to being becky but i'll tell you what becky hasn't lost any steam on twitter so there's a tweet that uh vince russo put out that said that it would have been a far better move for uh becky to have screwed seth out of the Universal Championship at Extreme Rules. So he said if Becky had screwed Seth, that would have been a far better move. Becky responds and said, I did. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're recapping Raw and SmackDown, the first SmackDown of the Eric Bischoff era. Uh, it should be very interesting to talk about all that happened there. But right now, let's go to some music from Bianca Belair's theme song from CFO. It's called Watch Me Shine. It's the faction powered by Bonnerfide Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to the faction. <laughs> I'm on my own. 
You at all. I never needed you at 
Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. I yeah, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, Gee, no, 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 no. Why you did that? Wait, why you did that? What? I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Dan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. That was Watch Me Shot on Bianca Belair's theme song, GB. Let's get it. All right. Uh, before we go into the Raw recap, a lot, of course, happened with Becky Lynch. She's still the Raw Women's Champion. Took a major, major blow from Baron Corbin. But before all of that, she is the first WWE superstar to grace the cover of ESPN Magazine. Matter of fact, her... And uh, the star of the Netflix series Glow, they are on the current ESPN cover uh, of that magazine. And speaking of ESPN, we got to shout out Roman Reigns, who won the first WWE ESPY award for WWE Moment of the Year uh, for his return to the WWE after battling cancer. Two major moments in mainstream sports, man. What do you think of those? Listen, I think that the one with Roman Reigns is huge. Athletes around the world love wrestling. Yes. And they include them as athletes. You know, they, 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 they say, hey, these guys are our brothers. They all know them very, very well. I will say this. The Rock has done wonders for the sport of professional wrestling comes to athletes. And not too long ago, went into the, um, the, the, the armor, Under Armour store, yes. and The Rock had a huge line in there, not to mention that uh, Roman's The Rock's cousin. Roman's also in the new movie coming out with Rock, so it's great timing all around, and also shout out Becky Lynch, the man. Absolutely. Great, great. I missed Becky Two Belts, though. I do miss Becky Two Belts. And I miss Becky Sass. I, I need that to come back for, yeah. for uh, 
for Survivor Series. So with that said, let's go ahead and get our dose of uh, the Raw recap, as of course we've got Raw and SmackDown that followed uh, a lot of wrestling action from Saturday and Sunday. How would they follow Extreme Rules? Let's find out right now. Courtney with the Raw recap. WWE Raw was live. There was a ton of tea, but not Long Island iced tea as it was live from the Nassau Veteran Memorial Coliseum, which used to be known as the Nassau Coliseum. And that's right, WrestleMania 2 Evolution. But you probably remember is the place where Draz was injured at. And that was the Nassau Coliseum where ended his career. Mm. But things kicked off and their careers ended as Paul Heyman and the Universal Champion, the Brock Party, came out and addressed the end of WWE extreme rules paul Heyman fired the production company i don't know if you heard that he fired the production guys and said let me give you the 10 guys that are going to be fighting for the belt did you miss that line he fired the production guys how did i miss that there's a line where he says and i'm gonna give you the 10 guys that are fighting right now come on production guys i'm firing all of you and then he started naming names and i said oh, oh. they must have been slow oh wow yeah wow. but it was, it was it was it was one of those james brown you got fine lines it was so quick wow. that you had to catch it yeah so he named all 10 guys then ricochet and the usos it was a brown knight defeated the revival and robert rude thank god he cut his mustache the viking raiders defeated vinnie gruner and jackson james Leave it to Vinny to fight in Long Island. Cedric Alexander defeated Drew McIntyre. Samoa Joe defeated Finn Balor. But Bray Wyatt came out and gave Balor what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Zack Ryder defeated Mike Kanellis. Poor Mike Kanellis can't get it together in his relationship. Sure it's just on again, off again. It might as well be on hip-hop of WWE reality show. The club defeated the Lucha, Lucha, Lucha house party. Natalia defeated Naomi, Alexa Bliss, and Carmella to earn a Raw Women's title match against Becky Lynch. Dolph Ziggler and The Miz came to blows on Miz TV. R-Truth defeated Drake Maverick to become the new 24-7 champion. Seth Rollins won a cross-branded all-star top 10 battle royal to earn the universal title match with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And don't forget the Seth threw over his homeboy, Roman Reigns, in some kind of way, made it out of the hands of Randy Orton. GB, what did you think of Monday Night Raw? I will say that Monday Night Raw uh, is certainly getting its mojo back. Um, and I think it's a good thing for sure. Uh, again, the familiar sight of the now three-time Universal Champion Brock Lesnar starting off the show. And it's the first acknowledgement publicly of Paul Heyman as being the guy with the stroke on Monday Night Raw, even though he started two weeks ago, which I think was a brilliant move. Like, you let us see your pin without us, you know, cramming it down our throats that you are yeah. the man running this thing. So, shout out to him. Now, there were a lot of very interesting moments, but the moment I want to talk about is the entrance of the fiend, <laughs> Bray Wyatt. That mask is giving me nightmares. Oh my gosh. Let me just say the way they did it is brilliant. And for those who don't understand why it was so brilliant, let me explain. So it was just last week in New York City that there was a significant blackout. 
to the point where Times Square was blacked out, subways uh-huh. were blacked out, electricity was out in New York City for five hours. That's a significant moment. So for this to happen in Long Island, where it looks like the music is down, the power is seemingly gone out, that turns into a very real situation. And in shows the fiend. Now, let me just tell you where my brain immediately went. Of course, this is a clearly obvious setup for the fiend versus the demon at SummerSlam. Clear. But what many people don't remember is this time last year, we were getting Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor, but it was Finn Balor as the demon and Bray Wyatt transitioning into Sister Abigail before he got sick with this viral infection. The match had to be canceled. AJ Styles would be brought in to take on Finn Balor and we're off to the races. So it's almost like we picked up from where we left off last year, but with a much better incarnation. And I'll say this, Finn Balor losing to Shinsuke Nakamura twice and Samoa Joe all in a seven day period does not rest well for Finn Balor. Yeah. The only way this works is for the Fiend to beat the Demon at SummerSlam. Yeah. This would mark the first loss ever for the Demon in NXT, WWE, or anything like that. And it would prove that the Fiend is greater than the Demon, which then now cements Bray Wyatt as the man. So now, let's just go down the line with this, because it needs to happen by Survivor Series that the Fiend, as he has wreaked havoc amongst all of WWE, gets his official blessing and coronation at the event that birthed the undertaker survivor series the fiend versus the undertaker at survivor series the fiend eradicates the undertaker then the undertaker finally passes his blessing on the undertaker cements the fiend and we are off to the races cementing bray wyatt as the darkest force in all of WWE. In a perfect world. In a per- Well, it's a Heyman world. It is, which which now things are going to make sense. Yes. Things are going to make sense. Now, I, I have to say, I can't talk Bray Wyatt. You know I, I love behind the scenes and all that stuff. I cannot talk Bray Wyatt without saying shout out to three people. Kyle Scarborough. Yes. The tattoo artist who designed the mask on paper that everyone approved it and said, let's go with it, who also on Twitter Monday night says that Kevin Owens' tattoos just suck, basically. Oh, wow. So, KO, go get your tattoos redone by Kyle. Also, Tommy Savini, the very famous and legendary Tom Savini, who does all of the uh, work for the horror films that we love, for Jason, all those things, Walking Dead, for even coming up with the mask. Lastly, Jason Baker, who's been in charge of shooting the mm-hmm. Firefly Funhouse stuff. Mm-hmm. These guys have helped to create a moment. Listen, guys are no longer, I, I was watching Extreme Rules with somebody 
And the guy looked at me and said, do you remember when we were afraid of The Undertaker? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, these kids these days will never know what it's like to be afraid of The Undertaker, Mm -hmm. to be afraid of Abdullah the Butcher, Mm -hmm. to be afraid of Bruiser Brody. Mm -hmm. Man, Bray Wyatt struck fear. Listen. There's fear in that face. They did, and they did everything right. The lighting, the lights going off, the way the lights appeared on him. Remember, we said here, we asked, how does he debut? We knew it had to be something special, and it had to be something unexpected. And I think and they nailed it. Something's up with that mask. Yeah. Like, like, like this. This ain't mankind's mask. This no. ain't uh, Kane's mask, Mm-mm. which was one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mask has dimensions to it, which means that when the light hits it one way, mm-hmm. it looks another way. Mm-hmm. And then when the camera hits, I mean, it yes. moves with you. You, you know that creepy picture at your grandmother's house mm-hmm. and you swear the eyes are following you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, Something yes. creepy is happening. Yeah, it, it, this is this is significant. And I... It, it's taken a lot to scare us these days. You know, I, I remember being scared at the Wild Samoans and being oh. scared. at. The, but listen, we've got something to be scared of right now. Um, just Paul Heyman. And I can I trust Paul Heyman with things like this far more than I do Vince and anybody else. So this this has potential to be something special. Things are making sense on Raw now. They and- are. Well, uh, another thing that, that's happening on Raw is that we're getting, I believe this, I believe Paul Heyman's walking in with the mindset of, I'm going to give everybody a chance, but you have to own the moment. Yes. So we're seeing people on, on, on TV that we've not seen, like the Viking Raiders had a chance to really put on a quality match the other day, mm-hmm. and though brief, they had an opportunity. Yeah. People are getting opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an important thing. It's a very important thing. And so I'm excited about it. Monday Night Raw, I think, is doing what it needs to do. And it's got to rev up and ramp up because AEW's television program is coming. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be real competition. So WWE is stepping up. And I think think they're making the right moves at the right time. So that takes us now to uh, SmackDown Live, which took place at the DCU Center. In Worcester, Massachusetts, it started off with a town hall meeting featuring Shane McMahon um, cutting people's mics off and, you know, all sorts of sorts of weird things that really said to me, yes, we are in the Eric Bischoff era of SmackDown Live. Uh, Alistair Black defeats Cesaro in another instant classic. Liv Morgan, who didn't have much TV time before last night. Gets an opportunity against Charlotte Flair, and Charlotte wins that match. Bailey and Ember Moon team up to defeat Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. The New Day hijacked the major announcement from Elder Daniel Bryan. We still don't know what it is. In a six-man tag, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, and Elias defeated the New Day. The Kabuki Warriors, you know, the ones that we haven't seen on television for a while, finally get their tag team match, their tag team title match, but they would win it via countout when the Iconics intentionally got counted out. Then check this out. Apollo Crews, a guy who hasn't been on much, thanks to uh, Kevin Owens, he gets his spot and pins Andrade. And then Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, They have a match. 
it concludes in rather stunning fashion. So with that said, um, what do you think of SmackDown Live? Week one of Eric Bischoff, it started out in a talking fashion, which Heyman over the last few weeks has got me out of thinking talk first and got me into thinking uh, uh, wrestle first. Mm -hmm. I thought that the town hall meeting was clever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's my major problem. Here we are. If Shane is going to have a faction, can it have a name? And yeah. can it can it have a roster of who's going to be in it? Yeah, not just a whosoever will. Mm-hmm. And when you have nine random wrestlers running after Kevin Owens at the end of the night, I'm confused mm-hmm. at what's happening here. It, it because I've seen Shane Powell Powling around with one group of people. Mm-hmm. Now you've added six other people. Uh, somebody got to clean this up real quick. Yeah. Hmm. So you didn't find great continuity in the Eric Bischoff era of SmackDown. I. Uh, it, it feels like there's a plan. I, I I just wish you'd let me in on the plan so I can lean in a little more. Right now, it's just too much evolved too quick for me. Well, let me say this, and this is what's interesting. In the last three to four weeks, out of nowhere, we went from Kevin Owens warring with the New Day to Kevin Owens fighting for the WWE Championship to Dolph Ziggler fighting for the WWE Championship to Kevin Owens now becoming the number one face on SmackDown. Pretty interesting to see this evolution. And Kevin Owens right now, you know, and 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 I'm sure somewhere uh, in Orlando, uh, there is a certain Brandon Clack who's rolling over in a in a on a roller coaster with these words. Kevin Owens is trying to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> we, just, we just need the attitude error back. Well, listen. I'll talk about the attitude era in just a couple of seconds, but the bottom line is this. Bottom line is Kevin Owens is channeling what wrestling fans have always said. Wrestling fans want what is real, and when you give us what's real, we'll love you. When you are clearly going behind the fourth wall, we're going to love it. And that's what Kevin Owens is. That's what Kevin Owens has done, and we're happy about it. With that said, I don't know what it's leading to, but I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, good stuff. Now, this... Uh, I feel really bad. You know, at the top of the year, when the WWE announced that they were going to have WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, you guys said that this was going to be a joke. I said... No, I believe the WWE is committed to women's wrestling. They're committed to the tag team division. I mean, you got Sasha and Bayley who are going to defend these titles on every brand, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Then WrestleMania happened when the Iconics became the tag team champions. And Sasha Banks was never to be seen again on WWE TV, although she's blowing up social media. God bless her. Um... So now we have the Iconics as champion for three months. 
They've yet to win a match. They've yet to have a successful title defense. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. But I think I'm somewhat forced to now agree with you guys that the WWE does not believe in its women's tag team division. No. I, 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 by a pulse believe, by a barely minimum pulse believe, they believe in their women's division. Yeah, it has it has drastically changed since WrestleMania. See, what, let, 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 let me say this, GB, and I'm not going to belabor the moment because I know the show's almost over. Uh, Triple H has handed Vince McMahon several gifts mm-hmm. that Vince has destroyed. Yes. He gave him the gift of cruiserweights. Yes. Gave him the gift of an amazing tournament with the belt being made at the end. Mm-hmm. And Vince made the belt purple and blue. Yes. Purple. How do you expect me to take a purple belt seriously? Mm-hmm. Then someone says 205 Live, which is now a show that you shoot when your crowd is tired. Mm-hmm. Then he gives us. Uh, the the women's revolution, which goes well, but then you squander it because you run Charlotte and Sasha into the ground, but you've not built anybody else up around that to have decent matches. Right. Then you give us the women's tag titles, which everybody and their mama know that Tamina and Nia Jax should be the first ones running through the can you imagine and not, not to even mention that he's botched the, the bloodline scenario oh yeah where you could have had Nia Jackson Tamina as champions the Usos as champions Roman Reigns as champions mm-hmm. maybe even Joe as a champion mm-hmm. and it would have been the Samoans versus everything yeah all of them yeah 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 Benny Matt please go somewhere sir the XFL awaits events uh, in 2020, but you can go meet with them now because it, it's necessary. Matter of fact, they have greater need of you than WWE does. Greater need. Greater need. Um, yeah, I. Ugh, ugh, it's a sad, sad moment. Um, but shout out to Liv Morgan for standing up and stepping up and getting an opportunity against Charlotte Flair. Um, matter of fact, I'll say this. This is the most wrestling we've seen on SmackDown Live in many, many weeks. So yeah. shout out to Eric Bischoff, who is taking the reins. I can't wait to see what's going to happen now. We all know now that this Monday night will be Brandon Clack's uh, moment of preparing to enter heaven. As Raw presents its largest reunion ever. They're calling it the Raw Reunion. Um, There are some pretty significant names that are lined up to be there, including, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Also, we're talking about Hulk Hogan. We're talking about DX. We're talking about all sorts of folks scheduled to be at this upcoming edition of Monday Night Raw. Here's my question. What do you think is coming out of this? Ric Flair, DX, uh, Ted DiBiase, Jerry Lawler. So let's get your thoughts, man, about this upcoming Raw reunion. What do you think we should expect from it? 
Well, if it's not going to have a Chris Jericho there and other guys that we're definitely looking for, then is it a Raw reunion? You know good and well Chris Jericho can't come to a Raw reunion right now. Dude, listen, do we keep having reunions without Michael Jackson? Is NSYNC NSYNC without Justin Timberlake? It is just a bunch of guys who look guys that were the guys well, I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude well here's the thing though it, none of these reunions has been the rock and, and, and that's what I'm saying if you don't have guys like the rock there it doesn't say much we know Hogan's gonna be there we know all the guys you got on retainer Flair's gonna be there Hogan's gonna be there DX is gonna be there but where's the rock Where's Chris Jericho? Mick Foley will be there. We know all those things, but is DX going to have a match? Well, here's my bigger question. Why? I'm with that. Like, I'm not understanding how we're in the middle of this new Paul Heyman era. Uh, We're in the middle of all these things, and we feel the need for out of nowhere a Raw reunion. I understood in January when you're dealing with the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. That makes sense, right? Um, I understand it close to Royal Rumble or even WrestleMania. Those things make sense. A random moment, perhaps on the road to SummerSlam, a Raw reunion, it doesn't make... And it's in Tampa, of all places, the home of the future WrestleMania, so I don't know. Is Jim Ross going to be there? Well, I, well, the Jim Ross situation, Jim Ross was invited. Uh, Jim Ross had permission from All Elite. And Jim Ross turned it down. He should have shown up. No, Jim Ross turned it down, and I get he, why Jim Ross turned it down. He should have showed up in the AEW shirt. No, Jim Ross turned it down because for him, I'm AEW. I don't need to go to Monday Night Raw. I've, he's been there for 30 years. What else is there for him to prove? They hadn't even done anything with him. Not just so that, who, but the raw. Re, remember the raw, re, uh, the raw twenty fifth anniversary that he and King, were, him and King were calling from the other arena, and they ended up sitting there most of the night to call three matches. Which and and, and that sucked. So GB, who can show up that gives you a little bit of life? Well, of course, Stone Cold showing up is a big deal because he doesn't. Yeah, show but up I, at everything, is he but, just gonna show up and talk trash? And hand out a few stunners. Well, what uh, else do you expect him to do? And I don't know. And that's, and I don't have an answer to that. There's no other expectation. All he needs to do is come in, you know, uh, flip a couple of birds, do a couple of stunners, you know, do the beer thing, and, and life is good. We don't want him to wrestle. Yeah, but he should knight somebody. That's what I love to see. No. I love to see one of the old-timers knight somebody. No. Why? Like, 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 when, like when DX would, in the club would he... got in the Okay, but who? Okay, so who would who would he give the rub to? Man, Kevin Owens. That be uh, to me. It should be Kevin Owens and Becky Lynch. If he gives the rub to both of them, and and can you imagine Becky two belts and Stone Cold and KO fighting against the man? It'd be great. It'd be great. So I'm intrigued it, to see it, what it, it it would be good to see now. Now I will take this if Shane Vince. And Stephanie didn't come out to talk trash to Becky, Stone Cold, and uh, and Kevin Owens. And, Kevin Owens, and yeah. they hand out three stunners. Now that that'd be nice. Now uh, I'll tell you what else I'd like to see, though I'm pretty sure it wouldn't happen in this lifetime. But it would just be right. 
I love to see Bobby Lat. Well, no, he wouldn't do it. Um, I'd love to see the New Day confront Hulk Hogan on Monday Night Raw. That would be nice. Yeah, please not Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I, I thought about it after I said it. I'm like, eh, nah, he was so not Lashley. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see New Jack confront uh, 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 Hulk you, you know what? I always can never, ever, uh, ever fail. Uh, I love to see New Jack confront Hulk Hogan. New, New Jack will never be on WWE television. Um, never. Oh, never. The only way you can find him there is on the WWE Network in an ECW spot. Uh, so with that we're gonna get on out of here i hope you guys enjoyed the show it's been a lot of fun now i have to say this it's a little bit of trash talking both clack and courtney managed to get out of giving their predictions for this past wrestling weekend which was a monster weekend i would have won no you wouldn't have no you would have won if you would have won you would have done the predictions but you didn't win I would have so, won. So I would have beat you at the G1 Climax. We weekend. have say what now? What'd you say? I would I would have beat you on the G1. Uh okay. well in that case, you know, we got we got three days of G1 coming up. We don't have time. Fans uh, gotta go. See, that's uh-huh. That's that's but we're gonna have well, we gotta have some more matches because we're currently tied. We can't have co-champion. So uh this should be an interesting run as we get to SummerSlam where the SummerSlam event will be where we crown our champion. Matter of fact, G1 ends up before SummerSlam uh, as well. So we'll look at all that. But in the meantime, here's how you could reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. Add C Major Beard on Instagram or Twitter. Courtney Beard on Facebook. Let's talk. Of course, you can check out Brandon J. Clack uh, in that way at Brandon J. Clack on all aforementioned platforms. And you can find me at Bonnerfide in those spaces. And, of course, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for the latest and greatest news and all sorts of other great things at The Faction Show. Until next time, it's Courtney. It's Clack. It's GB. We are The Faction. (laughs) 